as it happens. And right now, somewhat delayed, nonetheless, here he is, Gene Shepard. Unless I've had the idea way down deep in the back of my head that I've been delayed for some time. <laughs> That's, of course, metaphysical remark, if you don't mind me. You notice how neatly I move in the back court there, Dad? Thank you. <laughs> we're cut him right there in the middle of their thing. Yeah, it's uh, 29 minutes. Uh, what are you going to do, you know? I'll just, sometimes, you know, there's some awful tough acts to follow in this world. And uh, I follow some good ones in my time. It's like it's like the other day I went into this uh, this uh, diner out in, in Jersey. You know, I'm, I'm a great diner fan. And I go into this diner, and the motif of the diner appeared to be dead flies on the ceiling. And I was, you know, pretty impressed by that because uh, I thought, you know, I thought that the ceiling was made out of flypaper or something, nothing but flies on the ceiling there. And I realized that the that the diner was <laughs> that they were painted on the ceiling. That this guy just gone along with, you know, life in general. It's like a guy living in a place, and he figures that as long as he's living in a bad scene, he might as well paint garbage on the sidewalk, you know, and just leave it go at that. In case you know somebody takes his real garbage away, he wants to keep the neighborhood clean. So they they had these they had these flies on the ceiling, and and I picked up the menu, and the menu, uh, among other things, uh, uh, had had the French fries listed as a swarm of fries. So that was kind of good. I, I don't you get a swarm? Oh, God, I don't. I mean, you know, it, it just it just began to bother me so much, you know, that that there's there's hardly any way you keep swapping it yourself. Do you ever have the feelings like? It's uh, how are you doing with your worrying these days? Do you find that you're you're worrying less, and uh, and uh, are in more trouble, or do you find that you're worrying more, and they're getting less out of it? Uh, it, it you know, certain people enjoy worrying, and and I, I wish I could seriously worry, and I I wish I I've always admired people that you know sit in the corner and talk about Western man, the decline of of uh, civilization and stuff. I wish I could do that. See, I worry about certain things, yes. It is like, like for example, uh, I have a, you know, I have a few things. Uh, like, uh, for example, I got this mole. See, I keep watching it. I, I kind of see it once in a while. It, it, it impresses me. It looks like Australia. Then it changes. And I keep thinking about that. And uh, I worry about, uh, I worry about things. Uh, for example, the push buttons on my radio, on my car radio, can mysteriously have different stations on them every time I get my car out of the garage. And this this uh, is a kind of thing I worry about. I wonder whether or not my mind is, is going bad, you know, and I have changed them. It, do, you ever, do you ever have uh, moments when you doubt your sanity? You do. Well, all, I, I suspect all intelligent men do. Uh, <laughs> they have these moments, you know, when, when you're all by yourself, see, you're in the shower. And uh, you have these terrible moments of insight. They're like a, you know, majestic moment of, of satori. And uh, the shower is hitting you on top of the head, and the water's dribbling all over, and you're all by yourself, and the steam is rising. And uh, and then way down deep inside of you, you know, you, you, you're lathering up there, see? You're, you're lathering away, and and, uh, and that something says to you, are you are you going out of your mind? Are you, are you, you're, you're getting nuts. You're, 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 you're you're a lunatic. No, I'm not. I've 
got a firm grasp on everything. I'm standing in the shower. The water's coming down. Everything's under control. Sorry, I... I'm losing my grip on things. I, I, I... You'll sit and you'll stare for an hour at a Peanuts cartoon. Well, you, you're wasting your time if you look at it for 30 more seconds. But here you are. You're sitting there looking at it. What the hell is this? You get hung all the way up until late Thursday afternoon on last Sunday's New York Times crossword class. For what? For what? Trying to figure out the six-letter word meaning secular. It ends with a C-A-L. It has to end with a C-A-L. Does anybody know what that word is out there? There you stand. I got a call here the other day. Guy, guy calls up. And the, in fact, uh, he talked to one of the people here at the station. And he says, uh, just say, just say this to Shepard. I own Lillian. That's all. I get the message, an enigmatic message written in one of these pink messages. X called. He left no number. I own Lillian. Well, I will award a brass figligy with bronze oak leaf palm to anyone out there who can tell me the significance of Lillian. Does this mean anything to you? There you are. You see the handles of, of the handles of sanity are beginning to slip out of your nerveless fingers. Please, Nick. Out of your nerveless fingers. Just got to go back over it again. Run over that 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 line. I own Lillian. It was a cry out of the darkness, the wilderness. And you notice everything is political today. You gotta be political. And I'd like to salute a politician tonight who finally did something that has a certain honesty to it. Former Oklahoma Governor Dewey Bartlett. Can you imagine having a governor named Dewey? Former Oklahoma Governor Dewey Bartlett. A Republican, naturally, set a world-distant record Saturday for dried cow manure thrown by a politician. 138 feet. Defeating the defending champion, the incumbent governor, David Hall, by 70 feet. Don't make the news, friends. I only report it. Paul, who fired a cow chip 94 feet to win last year, managed only 68 feet at the third annual contest, despite considerable practice before. He was using a Frisbee to practice. Harold Smith of Borger, Texas, upset defending champion E.J. Cash in the men's general division with a world record toss. He tossed a cow chip 161 feet, 9 inches. And that's now a world record. Thousands of people gathered to watch this annual celebration as the politicians out there got out in the middle of the arena and actually did it before everybody, and honestly did it. So I, I, I read that and I said to myself, what, a, what an event for Rune Arledge to cover. You know, with Chris Schenkel on the sidelines and interviewing the guy and showing the, the uh, cow chip grip which is a very special grip. It's not held, you know, like the discus. You don't hold cow chips that way. Do you know what is it, a cow chip? You don't. You're just as well off. You're just as well off. And before we go any further, friends, part of our salute to politicians tonight, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, give me a little of that uh, Portuguese music, will you please, uh, Nicholas, a little of that. Uh, we've got our own politicians that are all cow chips. Nothing's worse than an electronic cow chip, Harold Adjip. 
For $426, TAP will sell you two countries, friends, and throw in a few little islands on the side. Oh, man, talk about the cavalier treatment of geography. TAP, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, has a really groovy two-week royal treatment tour of Lisbon, Funchal, Las Palmas, and Madrid. And the price even includes round-trip economy airfare. By the way, one of the most surrealistic days I ever spent in my life and I'm serious, we spent in Las Palmas. And I'll talk about that some night when the kids are in bed. Uh, TAP will take you from Lisbon's great city to the jet-set atmosphere of the island of Funchal in Las Palmas. That's in the Canary Islands where you can enjoy everything from sunbathing and golf to, well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you'll get it. The picturesque city of Madrid and all of its impressive sights Flamenco dancing, all those girls with those strange eyes, they're all there. And all of this for $426 for a fantastic two-week trip. That includes airfare, by the way. Uh, Round-trip economy airfare, places to stay, and, oh, you know, food and everything. You call TAP at 421-8500, 421-8500, and tell them the big man sent you. 421 8500 for complete details. For $426, you could hardly get a used 1953 Ford for that. And just think what you get at TAP. Bring it up there, please. Please, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. And while you're in the mood, we'd like to lay a little Costa de Sol magnificent rosé wine on you. It's a very... You know, I don't, I don't go for sweet wines, personally. Do you, Nick? Oh, man, no. Ooh. People like like sweet wines, put greasy kid stuff on their hair. It's a, it's a direct corollary. That's right. And uh, this rosé is a very light, almost an ethereal rosé. You know, wine cuckoos talk like that. It's a, it's a wine with uh, interesting pretensions, and yet at the same time a piquant, pixie-ish sense of humor. And with a rather pleasant... Uh, Acrid, uh, aftertaste of irony. <laughs> yes, come, my dear. I shall sit upon your knee, and you shall drink my... And I mean, you sit upon my knee, and I shall... <laughs> She's an awful big lady. Costa da Sol, and it's a good wine. In fact, it's uh, one of the best Portuguese wines, and in fact, is the only Portuguese wine, table wine, to ever win a gold medal at the International Contest in Budapest. And boy, everybody's tougher on wines than the Budapestians, I guess. They give their gold medal out. So that's Costa do Sol. Try it. Vintage rosé imported by the Allens of M.S. Walker, Inc., Boston, Mass. And now I approach with some vague interest a very interesting commercial. Have you heard of Fritz the Cat? <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody's yelling around here. <laughs> Fritz the Cat. And uh, if you want to spend a rather interesting, stunned, uh, ambivalent, uh, fascinating evening in the movies. And this is strictly X-rated. I am not recommending this, so don't come yelling back to me and say you told her, you know, not at all. It's X-rated, and I tell you right offhand it is. But it certainly is worth seeing. I, I'll guarantee you that. It's Fritz the Cat. And it is a cartoon, a full-length cartoon. And it starts Friday at three theaters, the Fine Arts, UA East, and Victoria Theaters. And I, I know the guy that's the producer of that. Yes, I do. 
used to be here in town. And in fact, he was over WNEW for a while. Uh, do you ever hear the name Steve Krantz? You know him? Well, uh, I, I knew Steve in a more hectic period in his life. And obviously his viewpoint has not changed. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Fritz the Cat. In fact, he's even put it on widescreen. Starts Friday at three theaters. It's totally X-rated, so don't do not take the kids. You may even be a kid and be forty, so be careful. You know, that's the worst kind of kid. I believe me. Uh, that's uh, three theaters: Fine Arts, UA East, and the Victoria Theaters. Fritz the Cat. Any of you know Robert Crumb's work? You know the cartoonist. Well, it's it's taken from his character. He didn't write the script. Yeah, he drew the cat, you know, Fritz. And what a fantastic cat. He made the scene every conceivable direction. And uh, one, one, one great scene, you know, when he's laying in the sack there and he looks out and he says, you know, being a star is not all, is not all sunshine, gaiety, and roses. The, that's true. That's very true, as we all know. Would you please hit the button there for that King Carol ding-dong, please? This spring, it's your turn to swing. All five King Carol record shops are holding a swinging spring sale of RCA records and tapes. RCA records has the most important catalog in the entire world, with the greatest stars in every field of music, from Perry Como to the Guess Who, from Harry Nielsen to Leontine Price, from Elvis Presley to Arturo Toscanini, and from Eddie Arnold to Caruso. During this RCA swinging spring sale, King Carol is featuring every album in the RCA catalog for the incredibly low sale price of $3.39. Our regular discount price is $4.95. All on sale now for $3.39, the lowest price for RCA albums in years. All Camden and Victrola albums, as well as cartridge tapes and cassettes, are being sold at comparable low prices. So get in on the swinging spring sale at five great King Carol stores. 42nd Street at 6th Avenue, 42nd Street at 10th Avenue, 3rd Avenue at 57th Street, 609 5th Avenue, and Main Street in Flushing. And would you please cut the microphone for one moment so that I can ask a, uh, a, a censored question to my friends in the control room? Would you cut it for a minute? My, uh, hello, now, uh, am I on the air now? I thought you were going to cut my mic. You did. I didn't ask you the question. All right, wait a minute. I'll write it down here. They, they, they censored me, and then I didn't get my thing out. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'll t I'll t I got a story. <laughs> Should I tell that story? All right, I will. I mean, I mean if... if, if is this an, are, 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 is my audience adults tonight? Are they are they adults here tonight? Uh, <laughs> see now you're worried, aren't you? Well, before we get out with this this story, which uh, you listen, to, I can top Fritz the Cat anytime, friends. Before we go any further here, life always can top anything that Fritz the Cat can do. I would like to uh, I'd like to lay a little uh, Chinese food on you here, if you don't mind. What a what a conglomeration tonight. On one hand, uh, rosé wine. Have you ever had Chinese wine? Worst wine in the world. Stay away from it. Oh, boy. But uh, nevertheless, I would like to recommend Chinese food, which, uh, you know, is, uh, is uh, recognized around the world as one of the great total cuisines. And uh, one of the things about Chinese food is, I think, should be explained to you, that most people in America, I'm not trying to explain anything to anybody, but I got hung on this stuff some time ago, 
And most people in America uh, have, uh, unfortunately, their their uh, their knowledge of Chinese food is usually uh, centered around Cantonese food. You know, these uh, Chinese, uh, that's what they call a chop, chop suey joint, you know? You know, is it a chop suey joint? Huh? Been a chop suey joint? They don't have those over in, in, in uh, New York. Ch- no, they really don't. No, 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 they don't. They're beginning to be here, yes. All right, I'll take it back. They do have them here, hon. But a real chop suey joint sells only chop suey. Oh, they have those. They do. Where do they have them? Downtown. Where downtown? They have chop suey joints in the village. Well, I've been living in the village a long time. I've seen a lot of joints, but not chop suey joints down there. Most of the guys I know get busted for hanging around, you know, with... Well, that's something else, but... No, <laughs> that's true. But uh, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you really want to have uh, experience some really great cooking, I would like to recommend that you try the Great Shanghai up at 103rd and Broadway, because they they run the entire gamut of the entire Chinese cuisine, ranging all the way from northern, central, southern, and the south central types, Sichuan, uh, Henan, uh, places like Canton. And, you know, some of the some of this uh, Chinese food is so hot. Have you ever had the really hot Chinese food, the really hot Szechuan? I've seen guys sit down with a with a bowl of of uh, certain types of Szechuan food. Well, I saw, for example, one night, uh, Long John Neville was with me. You know, he's kind of a smart egg. You know, we sit down there, and and uh, this lady comes over and says, "You want some? You want to try this Szechuan?" John said, "Well, of course. Don't mind if I do." And uh, he he ladles it up, and and it was a fantastic moment. John's glasses flew off his head and landed all the way across the room under a potted fern. Just like that. It was a sudden electrical impact. And uh, he's been having trouble with his speech ever since. But nevertheless, this will do it to you. So be very careful. This is good food. And uh, I'd like to recommend it. It's 103rd and Broadway, the Great Shanghai. You just come right out there in the kitchen there. And and, uh, they have a brunch, a Chinese brunch which goes from 11 until 4, 11 till 3, that's right, 11 till 3, on Sunday afternoon. All you can eat for two and a half, and it's served buffet style. If you're a kid under four feet tall, it's a dollar and a half. <laughs> no matter how much you shovel in, you little pig. So uh, it's a, you know, great Shanghai. All right, now we've got all the commercials done? Yeah, that's right, we have. Now, I can tell you the story. You know, I was listening to the story of that, of that, uh, that cow chip derby. Now, you've locked the doors so the kids don't get any ideas, do you, right? Well, any of you kids who are listening, uh, you may try this. It's a fascinating hobby. That uh, that male-type kids go through specific uh, phases in their life (laughs) when they're walking around, and it's all based on the games. Based on games. Do you agree with that, Nick? That that, uh, there'll be a sudden fantastic hang-up among a bunch of kids to play checkers. And you play checkers fanatically for about uh, three or four months, and then all of a sudden, without any, any, uh, anything really being overtly said, you're tired of checkers. Nobody plays checkers. That's it. It's over. Then uh, you'll go into the monopoly kick, and uh, you go through playing monopoly, as we called it, nine of you, and you play this game until your eyes are hanging out. You, you know, hour after hour, until you just sit there. You just sit in front of the board, and you keep trading uh, Park uh, Park Avenue hotels for the waterworks. And uh, you're just tired of that. Then that's gone. Well, one night, we were <laughs> coming home from school, see? It's the only time I've ever seen this particular type of product, which is found in great abundance in many urban parts of America. This 
particular product has a great practical sporting use. Now, uh, it is impossible to have a cow chip hurling derby without cow chips. You agree? You do agree this? Now, uh, uh, and it must be exciting to see. Obviously, it's become 25,000 people gather there and cheer the governors on throwing this stuff around. Now, uh, that has certain philosophical ramifications, which we will not go into at this time, because it's beyond the scope of this course. However, it will be brought up next semester. For those of you who want to take the second semester, we'll discuss the philosophical connotations of various activities that man takes part in these days. Uh, any questions? Well, one night, I, the urge, though, is strong to do this. So it's, it's a, the extension. Almost all games are extension of basic urges. Do you buy that? Right? You don't. You do. All right. <laughs> well, I see that the, it's an ambivalent vote. However, one night... We're coming home. It's a very embarrassing thing. We, 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 we got involved in a game, which uh, uh, I don't know whether any of you have ever played, but it's a game uh, that, uh, that caught us briefly. And I remember it with some, uh, some excitement because of an exciting game. We were walking along down the street, had, uh, down this alley, actually, and me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner were walking along, and... Uh, but sporadic games would break out and had been breaking out for years between us like uh, you know uh, who could break the most insulators on the way home throwing sidearm uh, then then, uh, then then we would have uh, a game uh, who could uh, who could uh, kick a carnation milk can uh, the furthest you just keep kicking a can down down the alley and each guy is topping the next guy uh, there are certain moving marble games that are played that are played on the run. Have you ever played that kind? Uh, also, tossing pennies on the run. You can lose your shirt. Uh, as you come home from, from school, you just toss at lines and sidewalks ahead of you. And, and, uh, and as you walk, you know, you say, all right, that second line up there past the hedge, and everybody throws a penny. Whoever's the closest picks up all the pennies, and then you dig into your pocket and you throw to the next line. Well, on the way home, it's, it's, it's a running gamble. Well, one night, we're coming home, and uh, Schwartz is uh, walking down the middle of the alley, and suddenly, without any preamble, he kicked something which was lying in the middle of the alley. Well, now, this object is something that many of us find uh, in many curbstone areas here in New York City, and there's been a lot of complaints about these objects. Uh, you, do you know what objects I'm talking about? They're a product of nature, actually. It's a natural product. It's a product of the great animal world. And uh, Schwartz kicked this thing. See, it was petrified. He kicked it. And uh, with that, uh, a, a new game was started. And, and we, would, we would, on the way home, we would look for these things. And when we would find one that would really go good, we would play foot hockey with it. We would play foot hockey. And whoever could, whoever could keep, uh, you know, would keep kicking this thing in. And we would pick a goal up ahead of us like... Uh, Kick it in between the, that garage there and that uh, garbage can. That's, the, that's like the net, you know, like the Rangers trying to score a net. So we'd start scrimmaging. See, we're kicking this thing around. And then uh, finally the guy that kicked it in, that's a point for that side. We played two, two, two to a side, see. And we actually would play carom shots, and we really got good at it. Well, now, I, I, what did you do? You get very good at you, with your feet like that. Well, well the, the game began to progress to the point where we were running out of really good sporting equipment. Uh, you see, if you're, if, you're, if you're really a tournament a cow chip thrower, 
You cannot rely on just ordinary cow chips you find around. You eventually begin to search out great cow chips. You follow what I'm saying there, Nicholas, right? And, and our game, after about three or four months, had become so sophisticated, and we were so good at it, <laughs> that we were no longer... We no longer were going to trust our game, which became an important part of our every evening going home period, to merely hoping that we will find suitable sporting equipment just there on the street. What if we didn't find any one night? You know? So we began to gather them and keep them in Schwartz's garage. <laughs> well, we knew this was something we shouldn't be doing because, you know, you basically know that it's, it's not that you shouldn't be doing, but it's the kind of thing you don't just go around and talk about. So uh, whenever we would we would go out, you see, uh, just playing anything else, or just going to the store, or something, you'd see a great uh, you'd see a great example of sporting equipment laying there, see, and you would you would pick it up and you would stick it in your coat, uh, and bring it home. Yeah, well you had to. I guess you're going to carry it. You're going to so so you'd stick it in your coat. We always had these sheepskin coats, and then you would take it out and put it in Schwartz's garage, which was down in the middle of the block. Well. This went along all right, and it, 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 uh, it, had a, it had a certain amount of consistency as long as the game stayed in our little circle. Well, one day, uh, just, uh, just, uh, like, like Robert Burns said, the best laid plans, you know, uh, you just get a little, yes, you get a little, uh, you get a little careless. One night, one night, I came in, <laughs> and I threw my coat in. I threw my coat down on the dining room floor. You know, kids can take their coats out. They throw it down. See, well, my my mother, my mother is is uh, you know hanging up my coat, and she's in the in the bedroom. And I didn't think anything about it. I'm in the kitchen, you know, and I'm knocking together a salami sandwich. And all of a sudden, I hear in the bedroom, I hear ah, and, and you know, there's a sudden yell, and I realized instantly what she had run across in my coat. And see, because I had really hit the jackpot, I I I really came, you know, so. So uh, she, yeah, I hear ah, and, and I hear her, come here, you know, and I and I come sneaking in the in the bedroom. She says, "What is this?" I says, "What?" And she says, "Look at that! It's you know, they're falling out of my coat, and there it is on the floor." I say, and I said, "I don't know what is it." She says, "It was in your coat." And I said, "It was in my coat." She says, "Yes, it was in your coat." And I said, "Oh, oh!" I said, "Oh, that rotten zero." And she said, Zero did it? I said, yeah, I was out playing marbles with Schwartz and Flick and Burner, and I took my coat off, and Zero was messing around. And she says, you mean he did it? And I said, he, look at that. That's terrible. And so she says, here, clean it up. Well, I admit this is in bad taste, this story. It's an exceedingly bad taste. I'm going to leap ahead, and I'm head you off at the pass. Now, the only, the, the only defense I have for that is that in life itself, we find many areas that are that way. Life itself is an exceedingly bad taste. And if you're going to deal with life, right, Nick? You're going to deal with life, what do you do? That's right, you have to deal with life. You have to get right in there and plunge at it. You've got to grab it right by the horns. You've got to go forward. You've got to say, I am part of life. I am proud of being part of life. I take the good with the bad. I take the bitter with the better. I take the butter with the bitter. I, uh, I, I plunge forward. I, I'm part of life. I'm grasping life. And if the governor's out there can have a cow chip, I... And you stand there in the shower and the water's coming down on the top of your head. You say, I'm, uh, I'm going, I'm going mad. 
Yeah, I, I, it's a great, the exciting hockey game, though. And you know, I can't get out of this, though. Even to this day, I'm, I'm affected by it. So when I walk down the street now, I go along down a bleaker street, I see great... Well, I, I think, gee, I ought to pick that up. I you know, it's the urge to have a little hockey game right out there in the streets. And I think, well, maybe I ought to take it and save it. But, you know, <laughs> no, don't laugh. I try the best I can. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Cut it out. Oh, you had enough of that. And don't forget, Philadelphia, Friday is the big night. The silver-tongued devil is going to appear at Drexel, live and in concert, sponsored by and in benefit for Dynamic WKDU. The Drexel Radio Station. That's Friday, April... That's Drexel University Radio Station. Friday, April 28th at 8.30 p.m. in the main auditorium. So if you want to get ticket information, you call 215 area code. That's Philadelphia. And the number is EV74800. And I'm going to bring along my hockey equipment. And uh, we're going to have a big game there. I'm going to run back and forth on the stage and hoot and holler. And I'm going to wear my new uh, paisley green bikini with the, with the, uh, with the sparkles on it. And, uh, I've got the new haircut and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just not going to stop. It's going to be an incredible evening. And so as you stand out of the shower, the words of the politicians come drifting down. Like some great monster... Elephant dandruff in the far distant, enormous cloud bank of time. How you doing with your worry? That's right. Most of us have just given it up. No point, you know. Sit around and watch Joan Blondell movies and, and uh, try new mixtures in your pipe. Look at the chicks going by. Reach out and grab one once in a while when they get close enough. You know, what the hell? What's a, what, what more is there about, you know? Lay on your lily pad and let's go. See, I can do a frog too. So, you know, what else do you need out of life? What else? Yeah, this is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith. He's got the news. This is the news in detail on the hour from the WOR newsroom. In his nationwide speech tonight on Vietnam, President Nixon says two things will continue. The American bombing against invading North Vietnamese forces and the withdrawal of United States soldiers. The president explained why he had reached three decisions on the North Vietnamese offensive. I have decided that Vietnamization has proved itself sufficiently, that we can continue our program of withdrawing American forces without detriment to our overall goal of ensuring South Vietnam's survival as an independent country. And consequently, I am announcing tonight that over the next two months, 20,000 more Americans will be brought home from Vietnam. This decision has the full approval of President Chu and of General Abrams. It will bring our troop ceiling down to 49,000 by July 1 a reduction of half a million men since this administration came into office. Second, 
I have directed Ambassador Porter to return to the negotiating table in Paris tomorrow, but with one very specific purpose in mind. We are not resuming the Paris talks simply in order to hear more empty propaganda and bombast from the North Vietnamese and Viet Cong delegates, but to get on with the constructive business of making peace. We are resuming the Paris talks with the firm expectation that productive talks leading to rapid progress will follow through all available channels. As far as we are concerned, the first order...